everyone, welcome to the Tracking Food Podcast. How are you today, Mickey Cloud? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm your host, as always, uh, Jamie Ma. Thank you for joining us once again. We are doing episode 33, our Larry Bird episode today. I was going to say Grand Hill. Hill. Grand Hill. Grand Hill episode. Name I me, said Grand Hill. Name me and put you on the spot. Name me all the 33 basketball players you can right now, off the top of your head. That are playing? No, no. Throw history. Uh, I know Shaq wore 33 <laughs> at one point. Cream wore... Th- didn't wear Cream Barkley wore 33, Bark- right? No, Barkley wore 32. 34. Cream wore 30, 33, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. Okay, see, now we fail. All right, well. So, I'll edit it What out. did Scotty wear? Pippen was 33. Yeah, yeah he was 33. Yeah. He's probably the biggest one. <laughs> hey, good job. There you go. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Yeah? <laughs> you already asked that. Uh, people listening, this is our second episode back off being on summer break. So you can tell Jamie's a little rusty. So I'm not rusty. It's just like really early right now. We don't normally, we don't <laughs> also, know, it's really early. We don't and also, we're drinking Lambrusca. So right now, it's like 10 in the morning. We're having a bottle of Lambrusco. Yeah, it's like 10.30. Which is pretty delicious, actually. Yes. Um, if you've never had Lambrusco, uh, made in Italy, kind of like a lights, pedalant style Reddish, uh, like red wine. Mm. Um, kind of funky? Fun- no, a little bit funky, fruity. Yeah. Delicious. Great with uh, Italian food. Highly recommend if you're going to have some like delicious pizza or pasta. Absolutely. And uh, we are lucky enough to be drinking this today because the guest that we brought on is someone that I admire a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten to know him a little bit over this past year. He's a very prominent restaurateur here in Vancouver. Uh, is about to open up with uh, his partners a new restaurant in North Vancouver pretty soon. We thought we'd bring him on today to talk about uh, that opening, how excited we are for that, how I think how it's going to be great for that community up there. Uh, also talk about his some of his philosophies in working in the industry um, and also running the various restaurants that he does run. Um, his name is James Ironsad. If you've never heard of him, you've probably been to some of his establishments. Um, Absolutely. Wildebeest, think Lucky Taco, think Buffalo, think Bells and Whistles, and their newest venture, which is going to be Buffalo. I guess Buffalo 2.0, or I guess I, I don't know if there's another point. I guess North Vancouver's Buffalo. I guess. Um, so we want. Yeah, because uh, they keep it in the same same franchise name, right? That's right. Good morning. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So yeah. we we wanna we wanted to bring you on and kind of you know be excited about things, but you are near and dear to our hearts today because you brought oh. us alcohol and anybody yes. that does that we love. Yes. So. It's always always better. Well, eh, better is the wrong word, but yeah. it's always. Different with a little cheeky drink. You yeah. guys do this mics. without alcohol sometimes? Sometimes. 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 sometimes depending. Sometimes, sometimes you just forget. That's weird. Or we're really hungover. Yeah. <laughs> or we're really hungover. All the more reason. I'm never hungover, yeah. <laughs> well, you're off today, so it's fine. So it's I'm fine. off. Yeah, I'm off today. So anyways. So, but I was, I was, I had a big weekend. I was partying. And um, did you end up going, by the way, I'm curious to ask you, um, I stopped in for the Shambar 15 years. Shambar, no. I really wanted to. And truth be told, I kind of forgot about it. I was moving that day. And, uh, and next thing you know, it was like 10 o'clock and yeah. I talked to Josh and he was down there. Nice. I don't know if you saw him, but I, did, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't see Josh. I was, I stepped in for, I was only there for about 20 minutes. I had gone for dinner that night to Autostrada. I yeah. hadn't, I'd never tried, checked out the new restaurant, um, since they moved over to Chinar from yeah. Chinar and it was great. I had, great. A, I had a great yeah. dinner there. It was delicious. Um, and then, uh, we walked down to Chambard and, and I thought it was going to be kind of like a, a thing. But it was a thing. It was like yeah. full on, like, holy shit, this is a party. Like full so DJs. They, they know the... how to throw parties. So Shambar had their 15 year anniversary party. Right. And Shambar is known for putting on like big extravagant things. And yep. like, um, there must have been like 200 people there. Like it was, more, it was more, I bet. yeah, probably more. And it was yeah. like the dance floor was like full on. People were going for it, dancing. Wow. The patio was loaded. It was like, it was super fun. It was, it was nice. And 
I was, we were there for a bit, but I was, by this point it was like almost like midnight and we were like just looking to kind of just pop in, but yeah, yeah we had a great time. It was really cool. Really, really proud for them and really excited that a, a business like that is still very thriving 15 years later. And they're like 15 years. Wow. Yeah, so I had no idea. It's a, it's a, yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. And like they were like, is, uh, you, you're well, they've long been an institution in the city, but, uh, it's just, it's an amazing restaurant. Yeah. And like I was, I was the next day I was actually sitting down with a couple of friends at the American and I was talking with, uh, Patrick Joes, who we've yeah. had on the podcast before and Ron Oliver. And who else were we talking with? We were talking with one other person. We were just chatting about stuff and like kind of the, the history and the provenance of like a, a business like that, that's been around for a long time. And, uh, and like how, how influential they've been in the restaurant scene and the Vancouver scene. And then we, I mean, I've interviewed you before and how Josh was saying that he worked for them. Yes. And your partner. He's and, one of a massive. Yeah. Massive lineage, lineage of kind people, of, you yeah. know, who've come out of there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's amazing. So, but, uh, we didn't come here to talk about Shambar. No. You know, we were very Hell excited no. for them. Our intros uh, are getting a lot longer now. We just get, <laughs> I think people come to expect it of us. So. No, well, the last one we talked about a lot of this stuff, but. Yeah. That's, that's Max Borman for you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, do check out our last episode of Max Borman. We dropped that recently, but, uh. Yes. We're here to talk about uh, you guys, and so you guys have a new restaurant opening up soon. Um, we do, yeah. It's coming along nicely, and uh, it should hopefully be open sometime in late October. Nice. I think construction will be done around like mid-October. Okay. Fingers crossed. And then, um, you know, the final steps of just, you know, actually cooking everything in there, uh-huh. as opposed to one of our other restaurants, and uh, making sure everybody's all trained and up to speed and feeling confident and then we go okay so so anybody out there who has never been to bufala or uh, can you kind of give them a little bit of kind of an idea of what you guys are going to be doing and what yeah well i mean if they have been to bufalo the existing one uh in caresdale well it's still going to be quite different we figured if we're going to do it's not really our style to do a second location of a business you know we like to do new concepts um so we figured if we're going to do this let's change it a little change bit a little bit yeah. so the existing one, pretty small place, um, and really just focuses on great pizza. But this one is going to have a much bigger program, both in terms of food and beverage. And so it's pretty exciting what we're going to put up out of Yeah, there. like I've, from what I gathered, from what you've told me, this is going to be your biggest location of any. This will be the biggest thing we've done. I mean, we keep, yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. I, well, Wildebeest was fairly big, and then Bells and Whistles was maybe a little bit bigger. The other two being smaller, and then um, and this I think will be yeah just a little bit bigger than bells and whistles in terms of total seating. I think inside is um, about 110 seats or so, and then a huge patio. Oh wow, that's great! That's wow. a that's a yeah. that's a, that's yeah, a big boy. Yeah, yeah whereabouts in North Van is it? It's called Edgemont Village. Edgemont Village. It's kind yeah. of like the Carisdale of North Shore. You know, like oh. it's this kind of quaint little residential community with like a three or four block commercial district. And uh, it's a new building that was going on um, that was being built right now, just right on the uh, entrance. And uh, we got the little jewel out of it, the little corner location with the patio. So, were you uh, were you approached to move into there, or were you guys already looking to kind of maybe grow the business and establish a second location? Um, a little bit of both. We we were thinking about getting up on the North Shore a little bit. You know, we like to kind of look at areas in the city where they're a bit underserviced and they could really use a good restaurant. You know. Um, and, uh, and that definitely qualified. And then we talked to them and they came to check us out and they came down to us and cactus club and by some crazy, whatever they chose us, which is cool. So we got the uh, chance to do it. Thank fucking God for that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> another fucking cactus club in this goddamn city. But think about that. I'm sorry. Huh? I'm swearing too much for this, this time in the Yeah, morning, the booze but. is kicking in, huh? <laughs> no, but think about that. That's like, that's pretty amazing that, uh, 
I mean, you guys were not only in line for something like that, but you guys were able to like kind of win over uh, a company like that. I mean, a big developer, yeah, yeah. a big developer with the, yeah. with the brand power. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's it's. Uh, are you guys going to be so when you're saying bigger programs in the sense of more? Yeah, sorry, I should elaborate on that a little bit. So right now, um, there's only like half a dozen kind of premies, you know, like salads and meatballs and you know, delicious kind of Italian staples like that, and then uh, and then like a dozen pizzas. And they're great. It's a small 55-seat restaurant up here in Carisdale. So, like, it is what it is, and it's perfect for that neighborhood. This one, I think, has a, has a pretty dynamic demographic around it. And I think that um, the expanded program should be really well-received up there as well, too. Yeah. So, Are you- pasta, entrees, um, much bigger cocktail program, bigger beer program, uh, bigger wine list, that kind of thing. We'll, we'll have the opportunity to have a little bit more fun there. Plus brunch and lunch and a seated bar and a patio and all the things that the current location doesn't have. Oh, so, wow. So this is like a full-on, straight-up, like, we're going to go for We're it. basically building an Italian campus. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, I, I used to work for a company called Sammy J. Peppers um, yep. back in the day. Oh, wow. I know. Back it. when they had, uh, they were expanding uh, pretty rapidly. So still, the, still the dumbest name of any restaurant I've ever I know. Ever so it's it's his kids, I think. Sammy and I don't, know, I don't know what the J is, but Pepper because they sold hot sauce. It was actually one of the only places where you can go and they had a huge wall of hot sauce. Now you, there's a couple different stores. Uh, shout out Solo Foods in Kits, where we are here, uh, right down the street from Darby's. If you're looking for some hot sauce, go there. Um, but they, were, they expanded into North End, the North End Mall. Yes. They expanded into White Rock, and, they, and that White Rock location is still there, but now the only locations that are still there is Coquitlam, Langley, and White Rock, or Delta, or wherever. I didn't even know they're still around. They're still around. I know. It's crazy. I they, think I had my grade four birthday party. Yeah, probably. So I, were, I, I managed at the one in Metrotown for like uh, six years of my youth, my young 20s, and yeah. then I, I worked part-time there as a, as a, a supervisor and a shift leader for like the next four years. So I worked there for like 10 years of my life. I never got a pin or anything. Just, just uh, if, uh, Mike, if you're listening, Mike Gardner, he's the owner. Um, but they expanded into North Van, and at that time, this was like 2006, yeah. 2005, there was nothing there really, and it seemed like a good idea, but in, within a year, the place was shut down. So I'm curious what... Not only what's your competition in that area, but what can you even think of a North or West Van restaurant that's doing anything similar? Because I don't think of of anything besides like local mom and pop places and like obviously Cactus yeah. Pubs and Earls and stuff like that. So yeah, there's there isn't much up there to be honest. Yeah. Like everyone's hiking. What yeah, <laughs> whatever that is there is either on Lonsdale, which is further east than us, it's or in Park Royal. You know, Park like, like yeah, Global yeah. Group or Cactus oh, or yeah, something Global's like that, there, right? And so place, yeah. we're just kind of in the middle there. Yeah. And there's not really anything else around other yeah. than like, you know, a couple of pretty great, like a really good sandwich shop and a couple of like little mom and pops. But no, you know, so again, you know, underserviced and. I feel like, yeah, that's always been the case in that, that area. Yeah. I, I forgot about it. I work for Global too. Yeah. That's easy to forget though. <laughs> shout outs. Uh, Fuck you for some shit. Global. <laughs> Fucking companies. Dude. Yeah. That's a trattoria, I think, right? In, that's uh, right. I think yeah, in Park Royal. Yeah. Park Royal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, so shitting the, on, I'm not shitting on Global. I mean, Global's done some pretty great things for Vancouver. I just. Totally. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean. Uh, well, I. Th- I've I have talked mixed, about this I before. Mixed, I have mixed feelings for Global Group sometimes. Yeah, Emez is a real piece of shit. Everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> uh, but one thing I, and I've mentioned on this show before, that one thing that I will credit them with is um, uh, changing the hiring structure and the hiring ethos to like 
letting people's personalities shine through. Like that was the big thing with global. It was like, if you have big personality, you're, you can get hired and you can do well in the company. Mm-hmm. No matter if you have piercings, visible piercings, neck tattoos, whatever, if you're good at your job and you're personable and you're a big personality, then you could get hired and, and be successful in the hospitality scene. So that's one thing I will credit Emad with. Cause he took that sort of New York style of service, right. kind of edgy a little bit and brought it here. Cause before that, you know, you couldn't get hired at Earl's with a sleeve tattoo that would show or like any sort of like piercings if you're a guy right. or any like, you know, anything you couldn't have your hair long or a beard or whatever. It was a very clean cut. And I think it's still that way maybe in that corporate scene. But that's one thing I will, like I said, I will credit Global Group for. Do you guys follow along similar thematic like, uh, like, well, just kind of like what you're talking about, right? Oh. Like just kind of like when it comes to hiring and pos- like. How are you guys when it comes to stuff? We're like that? pretty open. Pretty open yeah, about things. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, knowing you, I mean, yeah, I can pretty shy, pretty knowing you and Josh. I'm, I get a good sense of you guys. Are yeah, I mean, like there's, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that you know we're we're pretty diverse company, and um, and certainly you know there's not a lot of judgment going on if you've got you know tattoos or piercings or any other lifestyle choices that I can think of at the moment. You know? mm-hmm. So, have you yeah. guys have you guys started looking into doing the hiring for the for the company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully it's just like six weeks away now for the new spot. So like, uh, yeah, management's pretty much all in place right now. Yeah. And, uh, and it's really cute. Um, we put up a sign outside the restaurant about hiring and like, we've got all these like young high school students like applying now, which is like adorable. So, totally. um, that will, uh, that will fall into place. Is, that, is like, that like, cause I've worked at some big restaurants and obviously so have you, like I worked at Chill Winston for, um, three years and yeah. this sounds like it's, well, the Chill Winston's way bigger than this. But I mean, like, or like size wise, size wise. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean, <clears throat> patio was like fucking 200 seats. It was insane. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, the, I don't the, think anything compares to that patio. <laughs> that patio is insane. But I mean, like the idea of working in an environment where that you're working, running a big business, does that ever get, um, daunting or scary about the idea of like, Oh my God, like I'm about to, I'm about to now employ another 30 people or 40 people and like running that and managing that. And you guys have five restaurants now you guys are going to be having. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people to manage, but, um, I know we're pretty smart about it. I think I, I I like to think you know like the um the infrastructure is pretty sound at this point. We try not to build anything new like within eighteen months of a previous project, and that generally gives us enough time to, you know, just make sure that senior management's in place and that everybody knows exactly what to do and and it falls into line. Well, know? and like so, touching on like when I interviewed you for Scout and I yeah. talked to you about some things on there, and one of the things I kept thinking about when I was doing that interview was like how nice it would be to like have a great conversation like this today. So I'm very excited that we're doing this, but was <clears throat> you guys kept hearkening back to the idea of when you guys started Wildebeest back in 2012, yeah. I think yeah. it was. And like how you're like, Oh my God, we are like so much better at our jobs now than what we do now. What? Yeah. yeah we're, well, we're smarter now. We're like more efficient and you know, we've got wonderful people around us yeah. that allow us to kind of be more in, um, operational role and, and a mentorship role which is really nice you know but like what have you learned from becoming restaurateurs and now like having several restaurants like how, like what are you, what are some of the biggest takeaways you'd say like i've gained from being able to do these experiences and like you because you sound like i mean six weeks out i would be if this was my restaurant i'd be like i wouldn't i wouldn't first off, i wouldn't be doing this interview right now i'd be like i don't have time for you like go away but like you seem you, very confident and relaxed yeah like, pretty which, relaxed which i think is yeah. which i think is really it's pretty awesome i mean i think you guys it's like it's like I have a friend who just had uh, my buddy Grant Cini just had his uh, first child. And, yes. Congrats, and, Grant. Yes. Congratulations. And their, their daughter, you. Isla, is super beautiful and cute. And they're new parents. And yeah. I work with a, uh, my buddy Steve, and he's had three kids. And he's just like, he's like, he's like, some of the stuff that they're sweating over is like old hat for him. He's like, he's yeah. like, 
it's kind of like once you've done it a few times, you get this yeah, consensus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are, you guys are obviously at that point now. Yeah, but, I guess so. Like, you know, five restaurants, this will be our fifth that we're currently, you know, like in had some others before that as well too. So I don't know, experience goes a long way, man. You know, like that whole 10,000 hour thing is, is, is bang on. Like, I mean, it's been a lot more than that for, well, for me now I'm older than Josh and, and most of the people that I work with, but, uh, yeah. So it gives you that confidence. Also, I've had a couple of kids and that just kind of calms you down and teaches you a lot of patience as well too. I'm way better at what I do now since I became a dad. So yeah. what, what, what would you say is the hardest thing about getting a new restaurant off the ground? Oh man. The city? Um, <laughs> yeah bureaucracy sucks like that's always a challenge for sure whether it's you know uh, municipal or provincial um but yeah i mean we have things that we always want to do and we don't like to take on a lot of like you know we don't we don't have outside investors and big pocket dudes kind of like floating around us you know it's it's just us basically so there's a lot that's amazing about that but we also I, we really try to avoid making um, financial-based compromises, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, for me, that's the thing that we most want to like be wary of. So, like what you're saying is like if you you if you want something, you'll yeah, you're gotta, not going you know, to sacrifice quality and integrity. Don't want to, yeah, and okay. that, that would be that would be a, a painful thing. Okay. You know? um, other than that, like I mean, yeah, I mean, staffing's challenging. I mean. We're really good about retaining people, you know, I think, because generally speaking, we, we like to take really good care of people in all of the ways that you can take care of people in hospitality, uh, your staff, I mean, as well as guests, obviously, but speaking specifically about staff. But, um, yeah, but, it, you know, when you open a new restaurant, like you said, you got to bring in 40 or 50 new people that in a part of town that you don't know. Well, that's that's challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, hopefully your reputation speaks, you know, for you. Yeah, that's really important um, for sure is uh, loyalty um, among staff and colleagues. Yeah. Something that Fairmont's really good yeah. at. But I've, I've always, always said this, that people won't work hard for you um, and they'll straight up steal from you if they don't respect you mm-hmm. and if you don't treat them properly. So, um, yeah, that's something that's always been around in the hospitality scene. Do you guys sure. ever struggle with like a shortage of like finding people? Like, because I know, I know I've heard of restaurants in, in the city. I know of a prominent friend and restaurateur who's struggling to find a management. It's, it's, it can be a little bit difficult finding the right people. Do you guys ever struggle with that or is that? I mean, it's from time to time for yeah. sure. I mean, everybody does. Um, but I don't know. We've, we've been lucky, I think too, uh, yeah. to a certain extent. We also, we, we really believe in um, elevating from within. And so when we're looking, you're talking about management, you know, it's, it's not too tricky to, um, to identify people that have been with you for a long time and, and understand the values of the company and, and what the goals are and, and the culture of it all, you know, and, and then they grow and everyone wins. Yeah. You know? And then you guys throw those big parties. We had, yeah, we had our big, uh, we had our big summer staff party like last week, I think it was. Yeah. Amazing. We, uh, we book out Splashdown Park or whatever it's Ooh. called now, Big Splash. Yeah. Um, they that, cl- the, like, out in Abbotsford? It's or? the water slides down in uh, Tawasson. Tawasson, Tawasson. Yeah. yeah. So their last day is um, Labor Day Monday. And so the last two years, we've gotten them to uh, stay open for us. And on Tuesday after Labor Day, you know, 120 of us like descend down on the pond there and uh, <laughs> drink rosé all the way down the slide. It's pretty awesome. I think Fantastic. I just want to work for you guys just so I can go for this party. <laughs> yeah. so. You can pull a couple of cameos like uh, next summer. Yeah. Well, now that we've had you on the show, we're, sort, we're kind of like working for kind the company, of, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Like a third Sounds party. <laughs> we, um, could, we could do a podcast from the water slides. That'd be amazing. Oh, my gosh. Do they make uh, waterproof mics? 
we'll just Ziploc bag it or Maybe. we'll figure out something. Saran wrap it. Um, one thing I want to touch on is you, you mentioned food quality, which I think is really interesting because mm. I don't think it's something that we've talked about much on our show being a, like a food and culture podcast, yeah. but it's really important. Um, and I'm going to cite Sammy J peppers one more time is because when they started, when they opened in 2002, or they're opening like 1996 in like yeah. Langley Coquitlam. They would actually cut the steak from, it's called the butt. They would cut the steak from the butt. All the, the uh, sauces were scratch. Yeah. And I sort of like firsthand on the front line saw the, uh, the deterioration in food quality. And that's, I think personally, the main thing that drove that company under. Because yes. by the time I left, it was bag sauces, it yeah. was bag steaks, it was everything bagged. And I had guests throughout that entire process of six years being like, what's up with the, the food quality now? Yeah. Like the mashed potatoes are bagged, like everything's bought from whatever quality. So it's an interesting point to make that I think we haven't touched on before that the, the quality of the food and the financial compromises that you were talking about yeah. aren't made. And I think guests uh, really like, respect that or they'll, they'll yeah. at least notice it. I hope so. You know, they may notice it on a conscious level or not, depending on how savvy of a diner they are. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, like it's, it's just critical, you know, like that's first of all, something that we would never compromise on. Yeah. And I'm super proud of that. You know, like as we often say in these meetings, like, you know, delicious trumps everything, you know, whether it's food cost or, you know, I don't know whatever else there is, you know, like it just has to be banging delicious. And and, um, and that's the goal, you know, and that applies to all of the restaurants across the board. That's just the culture. So you guys going to keep the kale Caesar from Bupa? Where at the new one? Yeah. I don't know. That's a hot topic these days. Do you like it? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, inc- it's ridiculously popular, but that kind of also makes us want to mess with it. You know, like, yeah. because I don't know, we've been a little bit conservative, unlike us to, to, to fuck with things that are like really popular up in Caresdale. And I'm not super proud of that, you know, like, I feel like maybe we should be taking more risks up there, but maybe we've gotten a little bit comfortable. I don't know. But, uh, but up in the new one, um, there's been a lot of chat about, well, what are we going to take from the original Buffalo? There's probably going to be about like, you know, half a dozen pizzas that are, you know, super classic that we'll take up there. But I think you're going to see a lot of new things up there based on like the, on the trips that we've taken, you know, and the the ideas and the conversations that we've had. Like, well, your Calabria pizza is, that pizza mm-hmm. is like. That's going to go for I like, sure. I like there. salivate for that pizza. Yeah. I've, right, have you so ever had it with anchovy on it? No. I, oh, should, should I try yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get the Calabria next time you're in there yeah. with, uh, add white anchovy. Okay. It's fucking amazing. I've, because I, I used to, I've been to that buffalo probably like over a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And I like go there, get a bottle of Lambrusco and we'll get the kale Caesar. And then you we'll get, do usually get two pizzas and it got to a point there where like we just walk in and they would just already knew our order. <laughs> it was pretty funny because we'd always go That's on Sundays. the mark of a true regular. So, yes. Oh yeah, it was the best. And um, it was Karen who used to take, take care of us. All yeah. Time. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's, well, she's got an incredible memory. I'm not surprised she had your order locked in. Oh yeah. She was, she was the yeah. best and she would, and we would just chat hospitality stuff and she was super fun. But like I would go there and I still think the Calabria is my favorite pizza in the city out of any pizzeria. Mm, and it's just like you. rich and deep so when i think about buffalo i'm just like i'm like i'm like oh yeah they got to put that up there that's one <laughs> so, of the ones i think that it will definitely be yeah. going up there it is yeah i mean it doesn't it doesn't hurt that it's you know our favorite to eat as well too but uh it's, there's there's a few other really good ones as well so if you went into let's say next week you went back in and the kale salad was off the menu 
and that pizza was off the menu, would you be upset? So here's a question. Would you try something new? Because so, I think that touches on yep. wanting to Great question. expand Jamie, and be creative. Right? Please answer the question. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. I have um I've thought about this for a while and I understand restaurants and the idea of things and what you want to do and you have establishments. I also understand that when you hit on something, yeah. Something that like stirs an interest with people and it's yes. like kind of like becomes you kind of come become known for it. Mm-hmm. You kind of ha- it's really hard for you to take that away. And what it I is. mean, what yeah. I mean by that is like when I think of because what it is is like the hardest part of being a restaurateur or, or someone who runs one. I've I've worked in them. I've run them before. I've always, I've never owned one, but it's easy to get someone in your doors once. Mm-hmm. How do you get them to come back and come back and right. come back and come back and become loyal? And a lot of things that people look for is like obviously familiarity, comfort. Um, they like uh, service. service and they like to like, I love to go to Mam- Mammy Taylor's all the time, mostly just because I love the comfort of the people that work there. I love the, obviously the place. I love the room. And also it's like half a block away from your apartment. Well, I mean, that makes, <laughs> that makes, that makes it very easy. <laughs> Ron, I'm totally joking if you're listening. But what, what, but what it does is also, but eventually you start, you start to become known for certain things. Yeah. So when I think you're talking of, about the pork chop, right? I, yeah. But when yeah. I think of Buffalo, the Calabria comes to my head and I'm like, mm. I salivate it. I'm like, fuck, I can't wait to go there and have that. Yeah. I love it. And I'm not saying that you don't have the right to take it off. But what it is, is when you know that certain guests are like, or like, holy shit, we sell like 30 million more Calabrias than any other thing we have. Mm-hmm. Then you have to understand maybe, maybe, okay, maybe this is what we're like. When I go to the Kenzie room, they have um, this uh, dish on their menu, the um, chicken of the sea, which is a sea urchin pate. Yes. I've even talked to the owners there and they're like, we, they, we sell so many of this, we can't take it off anymore. And it's they're delicious. Known, yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. They're, they're known for being a restaurant that just changes their menu seasonally mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And they have a showstopper salad, which they just cannot take off because people love it so much. If I think of laboratory, I think of the baked oysters. Mm. Like I just, I just think of the baked oysters and the steak Diane. Yes. Well, at, Ac- at Acorn, it's their parpadella uh, yeah. pasta. Um, so it's like that is seasonal. Yeah. I've, even personally, like I've gone there and they haven't had a couple times. I'd be like, man, I'm so bummed. Yeah. But I guess what I'm, what I'm kind of getting at is like, I think once you build that sort of trust with the customer, yeah. And um, I mean, I would hope that the guests would want would be satisfied with the quality of your establishment as a whole that they'd be like, yes. all right, well, what do you got that's new? Like, let me try something new. Yeah, but that, obviously there's like a, but it's emotional, huge, man. Like people totally. get attached to things. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. on our end, like it's really challenging because it's a philosophical dilemma, you know, like, yes, you want to express yourself, yourself creatively and do something new and feel like, well, we're in a creative role and like, we have the right to do that, you know, but at the same time, is it arrogant and contrived to take something off to satisfy your own ego as a chef or as a bartender or a wine director or, you know, little old me and just be like, well, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's, there's no answer to that. You know, like you just evaluate it on a case by case basis. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if that kale salad is ever going to come off the Carisdale menu. Yeah. yeah. When I've when we deal with this sometimes, like uh, you and I do this, when we as a bar manager and bar bartenders and stuff, it's like we have we have a cocktail at the hotel that we've had since opening. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's our most popular cocktail, and it never changes. Yes, and people love it, and it we've like we've come to assess like we just we can never ever get rid of this because people we just it outsells everything by like ten to one. Yeah. And I understand that dilemma. I mean, and being in your guys' position, I'm mean, you guys probably have that at probably at every every one of your locations now. Where you probably have, you have something that's like kind of authentic to that place. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would think so. I mean, like, um, you know, a huge, you know, like delicious ribeye at wildebeest or the bone marrow, certainly, you know, the bone marrow is what I think of. The bone marrow is like, that is a signature dish as it gets, I suppose, for wildebeest. 
And that's seen some different incarnations over the years, but it's never left the menu. No. You know, and I can't imagine that it would because you go to Wildebeest, you have to have bone marrow and then do a luge, and that's just the way that it goes. Kind of just fits with the name, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um do you have a favorite of your businesses? Come on, man. <laughs> My mom has five kids. You can't see this because it's a podcast, but you should have seen Jamie, the look on Jamie's face as he was asking that question. (laughs) (laughs) My mom has five kids and she tells me every day that I'm her favorite. Yeah, does she tell your siblings that too? (laughs) She'll say right to their face. She tells them all that. (laughs) She does. She's like, Jamie's my favorite. And they're like, what? And she's like, yeah, he's fucking nice. He doesn't make me, doesn't stress me out. Yeah. And I'm like, are you the first or the youngest? I'm I'm fourth. Oh, you're in the middle and you're the favorite? Yeah, I know. What an anomaly. It's fishy there. Um, Well, in order of opening, I think Wildebeest was first. As far as the current restaurants and certainly yeah. everything that Josh and I have done together, um, Wildebeest was first, followed by Buffalo, uh-huh. then Lucky Taco. Um, well, there was Supermarine in there for a year, and then that became Lucky Taco, and then um, Bells, and then uh, Bells and Whistles, and now the new Buffalo. So, for anyone out there that uh, obviously doesn't know you personally, yeah, how long have you been in the industry? Um. It'll be 20 years in, in uh, March. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you, what am I? I'm 43. Yeah. So that's oh, right. We got two 40 year olds here. I like it. Who's 40? Just You're turned, 40? Just turned 40. Come on, man. It's because my voice is high. That's why. I have a, a young exuberance. You do have a young exuberance. <laughs> You're also taller than I thought before I met you. I'm six feet. Yeah. yeah. A little bit above average height. Yeah. Where did I meet you? I think it was Top Drop that we met. I was blown away. That's awesome. Because I've been like listening for a while. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, we super appreciate that. And then we, we hung out a bit at um, uh, the Diamond 10 year anniversary. Yeah, I don't remember which was, much of I that escaped, though. <laughs> I escaped. Because it was, well, Ron had one of his parties that, uh, that I was DJing at before. Yeah. So the night before. So I was uh, in a little bit of a tender condition. So I, I made yeah, the choice was, to sort of scoot out a little early. <laughs> that was so fun. That was a great party though. That was the, so fun. That Diamond party. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It's good to see them. Doing well. It's good. I mean, a lot of these restaurants are hitting their big milestones. Diamond 10 years. Yeah. Shambar 15. Yeah. Um, well, how long is, so how, so will the beast being the will first? Will the beast is, uh, yeah, hit They're seven last month. Seven. Uh, yeah. Wow. Congrats. And uh, yeah, and growing nicely, which is lovely to see. I just want to say, and I know I've been talking a lot this episode. I first went to will the beast. Yeah. This is like four and a half, five years ago with friends. Yes. Uh, and I was just starting my foray vegan. into being a vegan. Yeah. And Two things really impressed me about my experience there. One, they were super accommodating to my dietary restrictions, yeah. which was amazing. It wasn't much I could have on the menu, but I, they threw me some stuff together. And two, uh, the beer that you guys had on tap was amazing. You had a keg from a brewery uh, on the foot of Hood Mountain in uh, in uh, right on the border of Washington, yeah. Oregon, called Freem Brewing. Yeah, I know. And it was their lager. Yeah. And I had just been to Portland, like literally two weeks before. And like, I was, I'm a huge Pilsner and lager guy. I think it was the Freem Pilsner. And when I saw, so this is like four and a half, five years ago, when I saw that you guys had Freem on your fucking taps yeah. rotating, I was like blown away. Awesome. And it kind of like, triggered me to get into more sort of like just realizing that Vancouver's um, not only craft beer scene, but like also the quality of beer that we get in the city was like, you know, starting to take, not starting to take off, but like really, really high. So those are two things I take away from my experience back then. So thanks man. Yeah. I mean, you don't see Fremont tap anywhere except for maybe Portland craft on uh, main street. Yeah. Yeah. It's harder these days too, because the local beer scene the last five years has gotten so incredibly good. Yeah that paying twice as much for a keg of beer from Oregon, you know, it's hard to justify that sometimes. We still like to do it just because who cares, you know? Like also it's we're delicious. Kinda, we're catching up a little bit. I wouldn't say we're yeah. catching, maybe catching up is the wrong term, but we're, 
we're sort of starting to find our own voice in terms of craft beer. Yeah. And then some of the shit that we're making is like really, really good, like yeah. world class craft beer. Yeah. So why would you want to outsource if you can just get it down the yeah. street, right? But you know, it's nice to have show some range and and you know, show yeah. you know, so we 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 have I'm really proud of the beer program. They're actually like our partner Nick has really kind of spearheaded that over the years and uh and and whoever's been the bar manager over the years has done a great job of that too. It's it's great, it's delicious. So I'm glad you like that. And and the vegan stuff, I mean, like Willoughby's, I think mostly because of its name, has like, you know, this like reputation of like being a meat-centric quote unquote restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And I'm cool with that, you know, but it's it is, you know, to use a cheesy term, more of a farm to table restaurant. Like, you know, Ian loves um working directly with the farmers and 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 particularly like right now he's got his uh his uh, harvest menu on right now, which is all vegetable forward, you know, mm-hmm. and it's delicious. So it's nice when people kind of discover the other side, the lighter side of wildebeest as well a little bit. Do you totally. do you guys now that the I mean the market's changing, I mean plant-based is a big thing yeah um do you guys feel any sort of pressure with your restaurants to kind of implement some of that stuff because i mean if you walk into any earls or cax club right now i mean they, they have a full section now yeah like just straight plant-based mm-hmm. vegan. Yeah. and one of the things i always find commendable with um the big chains is the fact that they know they know when to tap into what's going on in they'll the, jump on trends they yeah. jump on trends but they're yep. it's it's it weirdly enough it's it's they I, one thing I think smaller restaurants could learn from from big chains is to throw your ego out the window sometimes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. understand that you're just here to give the guests sometimes what they want. But then also you have to, it's touch and go, right? Because you don't want to lose your identity either. Yeah. So it's also like, there's like a fine line there of like, I think the chains are just like, we're here just to make money. We'll give people whatever the hell they want. Well, they are here just to make money. And yeah. I think you're giving them a little bit too much credit. Probably a little bit. Yeah. You you know, in their defense, I think they've gotten better at identifying trends faster. Yes. I think about how it's a good way to put it, delicious, yeah. you know, um, beer opportunities were in Vancouver for years before you could get anything other than an albino rhino, whatever, at Earl's oh or, or, a, or a Granville Island honey lager, yeah. Yeah. you know, which doesn't frankly qualify as a craft fucking beer. So thank you. You know, um, <laughs> so yeah, super slow to make changes. Th- you know, and then maybe a little bit more recently, they've, you know, they've. I don't know. Well, Max was talking uh, well, about no, last no, episode. No, because he's, he's but, right. You're yeah. right on that. Because I talked yeah. to Nick Black recently, and he just, I know they, they signed a contract with him. Yes. Um, Strange Hills. Great. You know. Strange Hills has got a contract now with, with a couple of those companies, and it's, seeing that is great. But I agree with you. They are slow. Yeah. Um, but it seems, I agree. I think what I was trying to get there is that they're starting to. They feel pressured to do it. You think, know, they didn't take any kind of initiative to do it necessarily. No. You this know? isn't like, like a personal thing. They're like, we want to do this because we no, care. No, no, they don't fucking care. Yeah. So, and that's, I think that's one of the great things I love about what you guys is when you said that earlier is you're like, we have, this is, we stick by our morals and this yeah. is what we kind of, our guns are and we don't compromise on certain things. And it's yeah. just who we are. And I think that speaks volumes about how you guys are able to still be very successful and still keep opening up new businesses. I think that says a lot. You know? Thank you. And I don't, I don't hear anyone ever trashing any of your businesses and I think people really like them all. So it's like, that's, that's exciting. But when I was asking you earlier, but like, do you feel a certain pressure to navigate like something like the plant-based market? Well, you know, my first restaurants were um, in Kitsilano. The first four restaurants I ever had were in Kitsilano. And so I've personally been kind of pretty intimately familiar with the need to have what is now called a plant-based balance on a menu, you know, like Mm. just because of the demographic that we've been dealing with. So it's something that like, isn't, 
a trend for us, you know, it's just something that's always kind of been there. And it's just about having a balanced menu that, it, that, um, that accommodates the needs of your clientele, you know, it's thoughtful. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think we've been pretty great about that, including a wildebeest, you know, which again, obviously because of its name and its, uh, and its passion, you know, for butchery, um, has a reputation for being a place to get, you know, a great steak amongst other things, you know, but, uh, or, or offal and, you know, um, using the whole animal, like that whole romantic idea that was, you know, wildebeest was born mm-hmm. out of, which I think is ideologically in line with a lot of plant-based stuff, you know, like I don't eat and my children don't eat, you know, like, um, industrially produced meat, mm-hmm. you know, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, uh, you can still get a delicious vegetarian or vegan dinner at wildebeest, which, you know, and, and even better than you could four and a half years ago, frankly. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, which is nice. I mean, you probably notice that now more like as a vegan, you can probably go out and you can probably find a lot more options than you probably ever would have found 10 years ago. Yeah. But I mean, when you're talking about like, you could go to, um, what's that, uh, vegetarian, 24 hour vegetarian restaurant. In the Kids? Nom. The Nom. You yeah. go to the Nom and like eat like the most disgusting food ever. Like, that <laughs> yeah. tastes like it was from At like four in the morning. Yeah. Or you can go to a place that's like, acorn. so quality, like yeah. acorn. So, and obviously the stuff that they're getting at the NOM, I'm not trying to bash the NOM, but like I highly doubt they're fucking sourcing their fucking products from yeah. like local from farmers. From a local farmer or whatever, yeah. Stuff. So, you, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, as a consumer, you make a choice, but in Vancouver, I mean, I've only been vegan for four and a half years, right? Yeah. Vegetarian for five. Um, so I really kind of have a skewed, like, I think we're really lucky in Vancouver um, that we have it's true. not only restaurant owners um, and people uh, that make it so like, eating a plant-based diet or a vegan diet or whatever you want to call it, um, is really easy and it's easy to get healthy vegetarian food and vegan food. Um, and it's delicious, also really easy, delicious, and delicious yeah. vegan and vegetarian. It's also food. really easy to get really shitty vegan. Yeah. Vegetarian tell us food. About if your, you want, if you want to make that choice, can you tell yeah. us your, your feelings about meat again, by the way? Meat on main? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sugar, um, pro- uh, uh, marketing. I don't know. I, I will say their, their angry burger is, is pretty delicious, but it's not, I think they were, I don't know. I gotta, t- I gotta try to find a way to get hold of Evo. Cause I used to work for Evo who started meat on main yeah. um, back when he was doing the, the new Bohemian. I used to work there actually. Yeah. I DJed for him for years and years and years, but they got the beyond meat burger patty before anyone else. Yeah. I don't know if you have any insight into that. Cause it's, it's the same patty, Yeah, but they've somehow like sneaky Evo, I guess got like, he like, got a contract with them where they could serve it before anyone else. Cause I don't know anyone in the city that was serving that now beyond meat and impossible burger is huge and everywhere yes. you can get at Costco now, but and it's really interesting. I've always wondered about that, but I've never got a chance to track them down. Don't know. And I've never been to any of the meats, it's, but uh, there's they, some they pretty good comfort. Yeah. Veg vegan food is yeah. perfectly. I mean, it's obviously way better than the nom, but yeah. it's not, on par with anything you would get from Arbor or acorn. Or anything yeah. You get from acorn. I had a great lunch at the Arbor the other day. East, um, yeah. yeah. Where they yeah. take pride in their, you know, scratch kitchen and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And their patties taste like a veggie burger. Like you always hearken on this. You're like, why do you want a vegan burger to taste like meat? You're like, you don't eat meat. Right. So Arbor and acorn, they do it. Like it tastes like a veggie burger, like there's beans and yeah. spices and all that kind of shit. So, um, to answer your question, meat on main is, a guilty pleasure. What the I'm fuck? over a guilty pleasure. What the fuck was that? What? I was hoping for the angry, evil, like, holy shit, uh, I hate meat. You, you, did, that. Man, you did that whatever. a while ago. That was amazing. Yeah. Well, why, I mean, why are you being so soft today? It's before noon. It's the Lambrusco. It's all I know. Well, yeah, it's just I'm in a good gentle. Today. I like angry Mickey. <laughs> Speaking of Arbor, that's yes. a great spot. 
Yeah. That patio. That patio is so nice. Yeah. So awesome. nice. I went there jam. like, I don't know, a month ago or something. And um, just a lazy kind of afternoon. It was delicious. Oh. And um, hey, shameless plug, but you should come. We're doing a collab dinner with the acorn at Wildebeest. Ooh. Um, wow. All vegetarian, obviously. And uh, that'll be, I think it's in the first couple of weeks of January. Wow. I'm anyway, in 100%. Yeah, you should come. I'm, I'm excited to see what those guys do together. Yeah. yeah. So what's yeah. going on? You guys are collaborating with the... Uh, yeah, again, like Ian's, you know, obsessed with his uh, local produce and and uh, and thinks very highly of the acorn and uh, kind of reached out and um, to Shira and her team there and they agreed to, to, to do a dinner with us, which is going to be great. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They're very strict on... They are. Only local and yep. only seasonal. Yeah. Um, so I guess they'd be farm table, but... Yep. Similar to uh, Willow Beast and Farmer's Apprentice. What other restaurants in the city are consider themselves farm to table? Well, Dachi, the guys from Dachi are Dachi. pretty. Yeah, for sure. They're, yeah, Dan, Dachi. I know, I know Tyson and Dan are pretty, really heavily into, into that. And I think a lot of restaurants, I mean, Forge is another one that's really. Yeah. yeah. Forge is on there for sure. I don't know. Um, well, you guys have done collaborations before, Will the Beast, right? Yeah, usually with um, restaurants like from out of town, though. Yeah. You know? Um, we did one with Dan Burns from New York for the um, Chef Exchange thing with uh, Dine Out. Um, we've uh, done one with, uh, you know, like um, my friend Jesse Grasso has come out and done, um, when he was with the Black Hoof in Toronto, he came out and did a dinner with us. We've done one with uh, um, my old sous chef, Ron, who's now chef at uh, Canoe in Toronto. He came out and did one with us. Um, and then um, Josh McFadden from Portland, Ava Jeans. I uh, love Baby Jeans. Yeah, really good. That restaurant's so awesome. So good. Yeah, yeah we did. A, we actually did a home and away with them, so we got to go down there and, and hang out there and cook with them and as well. That was super it's fun. Right across, it's right across the street, basically from Tasty and Alder, and Tasty and Alder is like one of the best restaurants we've ever had. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Is and that you know, on Burnside or where is that? No, it's near the Ace. It's on. Uh, oh, okay. I think it's Southeast Morrison. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Cool. It's super. Um, what else? What else? Baby Jeans is like one of the best restaurants in Portland. It's, the food's there, awesome, great. Right? And what else? Oh, Model Milk, Calgary. That was a good one too. That was in the early days of Wildebeest. Model Milk's like one of the like one of the strongest restaurants to come out of Calgary. They've been around for a long time. And yeah, like, yeah, fantastic. yeah. They opened just before we did. I think. Yeah. Are you? Uh, you still didn't answer my question, though. <laughs> I didn't. Or he... You didn't. Oh, okay. What's the question? Which one's your? Oh which, yeah, plant based. Uh... No, no, no. What? You have a favorite? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you come back. You come back like twenty five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a while ago. <laughs> um, we got. You do have to answer though. You know, you're on our podcast, so. Man, I, I do not <laughs> have a favorite. I, um, it. it's, you know, it's, it's mood based. It, sometimes it's seasonal, you know, like there's some days where like all you want to do is just go and like sit down at Wildebeest and just have a crazy meal, good wine, start off with some cocktails. Um, I probably spend the most time at Bells and Whistles just because it's open during the day and it's just a relaxing place to go and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, have a couple of beers and. I like, I don't know, I like corner restaurants. I like bright restaurants sometimes, you know, and uh, it's a good day drinking spot, mm. you know, that East Van Sunset is like pretty, pretty special good. there. Yeah, Pretty good. Well, we're usually that, we're usually that Tuck shop. It's like yeah, well, it's just because I live right there. Yeah. I mean, I love yeah. Tuck. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's great. Tuck's great. They have a great beer program there and the foods, the sandwiches are great, but mm. we usually go play basketball and then we'll go there for lunch and we'll just go down there because I live right there. Yeah. So yeah. I think we might have to. Start spending more time at Bell's. 
I've never been. I'm so, and I, I will. Apologize. Are you serious? I he's know the worst. he's the worst. Don't take it personally though, because I'm anyone listening to this podcast knows. That I know how much you love beer. I know, I know, I know. And we've never been to Boston. Their beer program is rad. I don't get out much, so I'm. You live in Carisdale, and you've never been to Buffalo either. I'm going to call you out right now. You are five blocks. Five from, blocks. I know from Buffalo, and you, yeah. I live so in Chinatown. Sad. I've been to Buffalo. You can like have a good vegan times. meal there too, know, by the way. And there's good, decent beer selection. I have to say, yeah. I don't know why I'm going to need to fire you. Just get someone else. I'm just going to pick him up and drive him there. <laughs> yeah. Go for lunch after this. I'm going to go at some point very soon for sure. All right. So I do apologize because I do want to support you guys. But also, <laughs> I want to drink good beer, um, and that's a big selling point for me. So okay, I'll go. I promise. <laughs> You've been in living in the city for years and you obviously know the industry very well. What do you feel like about the Vancouver industry right now? What do you, what are some of your thoughts about some things? Cause I have some ideas on things and just kind of curious to someone, cause you, you know, the industry probably just as good as I do. You go out a lot, you travel. Yeah. You think, so. what, how do you, how do you feel about the industry right now? How do you feel like Vancouver is doing pretty good? For I, I feel, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of an optimist by nature and I, I, I like what's happening right now. Like I like that there's a lot of, um, young people opening up restaurants for the first time you know and it's always nice to see people express themselves you know when they get an opportunity like i I had a huge time period in my life when i would only read novels by first-time authors and it's kind of the same idea it's really interesting to like see what somebody who's had time to develop their ideas and put them all together and let them manifest in one spot and uh and creatively see what unleashes you know like i had unbelievable meal at ugly dumpling the other day yeah i've actually yeah. i was just talking to um, a uh, friend of the podcast mike shum recently yeah. he said he went to ugly dumpling a little while ago and he said the place is just rad it's so good i've been living out there um for uh the last like six months and i just went not for the first time but just went on a lazy kind of sunday night sat on the patio had a delicious meal with great wine and lovely service and you know that like van doren's awesome and she's just it's her first restaurant and of her own, I mean, obviously, and she's, you know, she's nailed it, you know, and it's, it's perfect. What was in that space before? You That's where Merchants was. That's where Merchants was, yeah. yeah. So it's Dougie's old space. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited, you know, um, and, 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 but also, you know, there's, there's guys, there's people more, I guess, closer to my age that are now working on their second restaurant or their third restaurant and, you know, and then finding their voice and, and, um, and, and, you know, just expressing themselves differently and you know and I, I that just makes me happy so well i was gonna say it, it's interesting the not the novel thing yeah. first time writer because i've we've always talked about how uh a band's best records are their first one or two records yeah. when it's like they've been cultivating this musical expression inside yes. of them and then they, they release it and it's like it can be stuff you've heard before in terms of chord progressions yeah. and melodies and stuff like that but it's done in a different unique way yes um i've always been a a, a big yeah, a big component. If you take your favorite bands and go down the list, of the you see, list. so you're saying you're going to read my first book? Yes, I'm halfway done it. Are Jamie's you really writing a book? I'm it's, very it's, excited. I love be, that. It's going to be. Uh, I had. I'm. I have a promise made to myself that it has to be done by my birthday next year. Wow. So I've about six, I've about six months. Six months. Okay. You know Let's, this is going to go out into the public sphere. That's so fine. you're going to be held so, accountable. When's your but, birthday? April 30th. Okay. <laughs> so it's going to be. It'll be done by then. I've written about 140 pages so far. Um, and I will kind of give you some credence on what you just said there, because this book has been swimming in my head for like a long time. Yeah. And I agree with you in the sense, in the sentiment when you're talking about like how it's like you're pouring out your 
all your love and passion yes. into that. So I feel like, yeah, I can see where that comes from. Yeah. Um, I, but all I, the more, um, you know, poignant, you know, Mickey's point about the, the sophomore album, you know, can also be great because, you know, you've just kind of like just released all of that energy. And sometimes it's just not super focused because it's your first time doing it, you know, and then you're settled, you know, you've got a little bit more maturity. You've, you've seen the things that you can do a little bit better, but you still got that incredible exuberance. Mm. And then sometimes that second album is like so what, what, pretty sick. So what was your energy like when you first did Wildebeest versus now? Um, like was it? A, you- it was, yeah, it was frenetic, man. Like those are crazy days. We would work. Um, we were only open six days a week to start, but we worked like 17, 18 hour days. Um, yeah. We would get to work around like 8 a.m. and leave at like 2 a.m. or something like that, you know, like. And, uh, and that was, that was the life, you know, like that we lived and it was tough. You know, I had young kids at the time, like, but it's just, that was the passion that that restaurant required. And, and that was a, that was a crazy time in Vancouver, you know, like, well, the beast was really, really like, well, like vociferously kind of received. You know? Yeah. I remember, I remember when you guys were opening, it was, it was a big deal. It was a pretty yeah. big deal. Were you, so- um. Because you guys did that pretty much like on your own. You guys, you guys didn't hire a designer. You guys kind of did all. Yeah, we did all of it. You guys did all that. Yeah. Are you guys doing that now? Do you guys hire designers? Do you guys? Do yeah, you- we did this time around. Um, you know, I can't remember. Like Buffalo, we did on our own. Lucky Taco, we did on our own. Bells and Whistles, we had a lot of help from Ricky Alvarez. Um, and then this time around, we just decided to see what it's like to bring on a hotshot architect and design team did you get like contractor did you guys no um we went with um with uh studio cm which is uh, andrea greenway and ella kane and and ella worked closely with craig stangetta for a few years and did some of um uh of uh, saint marie's more celebrated restaurants and so they they seem like a great team and like working with those how was that experience working with someone like that? No. It's been great. I mean, we're not done it yet, but they've been super lovely to work with. And, um, and, uh, and that's gone great. And, you know, PJ Mallon's our architect and he's well regarded in town and does a great job. And, you know, fancy contractor and all that stuff. It's good. You know, it's, it's different for us. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not sure our ne- next project, we would do it like that. I think we might for the next one, just go with something that's more hands-on for us. You think you'll do more? Oh yeah, we got two more lined up. Really? Oh yeah, man. Oh wow, look at you. But that's like 2021. Yeah. Like you already have the ideas of something. Got you the want space. To do? Got everything, man. Serious? Oh well, yeah, idea. Wow, breaking news here. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, cool. You look down the road a little bit, right? We're yeah. Chess players. You guys, is that something where you guys eventually feel like you're just gonna keep growing and or just kind of you we'll love go the, for a little while? You, you know, love the challenge like, of it and just kind yeah. of the excitement and yeah building new prospects it's fun you know it's like creative expression is amazing you know like we get to do this you know that's that's a privilege like it's i love it you know and we've got a lot of amazing people that work with us and i don't want to lose them you know and so we need to keep them busy with new projects and they need to grow into higher positions in management or become partners with us you know and all of that is 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 part of the plan so um you guys have three partners right the company there's currently yeah there's uh there's three um uh, originally myself and Josh, and then uh, our partner, Nick, uh, who's been with us since the beginning of Wildebeest. He became a partner about two and a half years ago. And then um, we've got um, another on the way. Um, and then, like, uh, this is all existing management, I mean, right, that are becoming partners. And then 
couple, I think um, we've identified three more after that yeah. as well too. So. I like that actually because it's smart. I mean, if you want keep people, and especially when you find good ones, keep them engaged, keep them totally. feeling yeah. empowered. And also like if they know that they have some equity in the company, they'll definitely probably feel and want to work harder for you and they'll be more invested. And in- Well, I mean, they do already, which is why, you know, it's easy to, to see them as partners, you know, like they, they work with that kind of care and passion, which is lovely. Um, and so, yeah, but exactly what you said, like, you know, might as well like keep them with us hopefully forever because we seem to do well together. Yeah. Do you have a favorite employee? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it's way, way, way cool that, um, that you guys are thinking that far ahead and that yeah. we have places in Vancouver that have this dedication to quality, not only quality in terms of the food they sell, but in terms of the service they give and, uh, Fuck cactus. We don't need more cactus clubs and earls. That that I think that that era is kind of. I think it should be ending a little bit. But here's a, here's an interesting. Well, they've kind of maxed out though. Yeah. yeah. You know there Absolutely. will be more. I'm sure. You know, but they don't really seem to have much of a focus on the lower mainland anymore because they've already. Yeah. You know, there's there's nowhere else for them to go without starting to cannibalize themselves. So so here's another Absolutely. here's another one that was interesting because it's not cactus, but it's a it's a company that's really growing in the city. And they're definitely they're starting to change their philosophy, and we're starting to see a lot of it. When you see this, a company like Donnelly, yeah, where a couple of their oh. new spaces are starting to be. A little, we talked about this on the last episode. How their their new spaces are starting to be a little bit more unique, and yes. a little bit more like Sing Sing and yeah. Ballyhoo, and you're seeing places like this where you're like this, this doesn't feel like Donnelly at all. Um, do you do you like seeing some them? Because I I, I, I kind of like how they've maybe realized that. They can be a little bit more because people hate hate Donnelly. Like a lot of people really hate Donnelly. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's a there's a divide there. There's people who love Donnelly and they don't give a shit, and they just go to them because they're just everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people like you. You were like the minute you found out that Sing Sing was Donnelly, you were like fuck. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird because like they kind of kept that under the radar a little bit. You that's know? why they, felt, well they kept that under the radar because I think they do on purpose. They knew. Yeah, yeah. They have they have this kind of like backlash because they became so popular and so prominent and so and they were just destroying all these small. Mom, like small little neighborhood bars mm-hmm. and they were just d- dominating and it's yeah. also that jealousy factor it's like you know it's when you once you become too big people mm-hmm. start to kind of like renege against you you know yeah it's something that comes up a lot so it'd be interesting to get I, yeah, well, I think the dislike originated from the fact that some of us in the industry were just disappointed by the the lack of creativity that was going on you know there was a time when every Donnelly bar was the same. Looked the exact same. Right? It was exactly the same. It was, yeah. They were all black. Black, dark. College bars. Those little lamps everywhere. And it's like. Yeah. And it was kind of a, yeah, it was a strange kind of expression of, you know, of, um, of, uh, of a fascination with an English pub scene, you know? Yeah. And, and then when they hired Craig and St. Marie for, Bar's fucking name I can't remember right now in Yaletown, but you know it got a little bit more stylized and interesting. Oh, yeah, although it's still called? black. Uh, Lamplighter? No, no, that's that, Gastown. Oh, um, that's much of my time, anyways. Can't anyway, it didn't last very long before it got kind of like changed <laughs> yeah. into something else, which is now Hello Goodbye and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But like at the time, it was like more interesting, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I was like, okay, but it was still again dark, dark. You know, Bells and Whistles was actually born out of an idea of being the antithesis of that. No, no I, I remember you talking know? about that. I, Which I, really? you know, absolutely. Yeah. So one of these days when you go, Mickey, you'll see that <laughs> yeah. it's like a bright, beautiful room yeah, with like yeah, yeah. big windows and light colors. And 
And we're, um, we're going there for lunch after this. Okay. And uh, I'm also going there for lunch after <laughs> this. Let's go together. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, so it's you know it is refreshing to see that they've recognized that and are you know you know uh, Ricky Alvarez, as I mentioned, who actually did so much with us in terms of design at bells and whistles. He's, I think, the design lead now on all Donnelly projects, whether they're in uh, Vancouver or Toronto. And so you're seeing some more interesting things out of those guys. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's, I don't know, it's interesting to see that. You know, it's like when you go, I was like, like you said, when you were like, I, you're like, ah, but I like Sing Sing. Yeah, because what, what you were saying is that they, whether they tried to or didn't try to and just happened that way to make sure that it wasn't traceable back to them right away. Yeah. And since then, people have always said, like, well, it's, there's some Donnelly money, but it's also some other money. So, like, mm-hmm. you, you, you're still supporting local business. And I was like, well, whatever. I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm a ca- counterculture by nature. So, obviously, well, we just went there, like, last week because we're like, whatever, let's just go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's interesting because, I don't know, I just always like getting people's opinions like you on on that company, per se. But it sounds like you're saying that it's it's mostly uh, personnel-based, right? You're being more creative. People open to do different things and they can convince the higher ups in that company to do it. I think it's, it's good because their beer list is amazing. Yeah. Food there is great. It's Um, good for all of us, you know, like, I mean, I popped in to Ballyhoo shortly after it first opened. It's a fucking nice room. It's a great room. Like absolutely. Ricky did a beautiful job in there. And, and that's tough because the Winking Judge was a beloved place, you know, where yeah. tons of my friends and staff and, you know, Late night would go there spot. after work and Absolutely. play some pool and have a Guinness. And that's, well, I guess you can still do those things there, but it just feels completely different. But I went, um, you know, and sat at the bar and I had a plate of like uh, shishito peppers and a nice like sour beer, you know, that so... If a place like Donnelly, a Donnelly establishment or the Donnelly group is, 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 is helping the general public recognize that some things like that are delicious, then it's going to benefit guys like yeah. me that, you know, I've been preaching that shit for 20 years, you know? Absolutely. So. Oh, I mean, when you guys open up Bells and Whistles, I was so fucking stoked because the first thing that came in my head, I was like, thank God someone had the balls to open up a pub, like kind of like that type of feel that was bright. It was mm. the first thing I loved about what you guys did. That was first, when I saw that, I was just like, I was like, oh, because I was so irritated by like, I was like, why do they always have to be so fucking dark? Yeah. I was like, why can't they just, because I like light. Yeah. My apartment is super bright. It's I, also because you're good looking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the right light. <laughs> like a soft light. Really? <laughs> we're friends. You're good looking all the time. I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah. I like that. I like that. I was just like, why does it have to be so dark and dank all the time? And so, but it was that Donald, Donald of Donnellyification. Yeah. Of like that dark bar that like and I get it, they have their place. Like I actually like out of all their places, the only one I actually like is Lamplighter. It was the only one I actually well, kind of party did. spot. But if yeah. you go like, you know, uh anywhere on Granville Street, it's just I don't know. The dark gross vibe just kind of attracts a certain clientele. Maybe that, I don't have know. Have you been so to that, like, Have you been to that new colony? On Granville Street? Yeah. No, actually. I haven't. I was supposed to go and I can't remember. Oh, I think it was like an opening party, but it turned out to be like the the last game. It was like game six of the Raptors in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I just stayed and watched the bells and whistles, obviously. But uh, yeah. so I missed that party. But uh, yeah, they're they're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I just, everyone keeps talking about it. So I'm just, I haven't been. Can you believe the Raptors won the fucking NBA I know, championship? Right? <laughs> it's like, it seems so surreal, even though. And, and when the season's going to start in a month and a half, it's going to be like, 
it's going to be like their victory lap, right? It's just going to be so strange. So strange. Uh, a good friend of mine is a chef at Allo uh, in, in Vancouver. Uh, sorry, in Vancouver. In Toronto? Uh, Allo in Toronto. Oh, who wow. was just recently, um, yeah, he's a Sioux there. Uh, his name is Robbie. Um, he used to work at Vancouver Club. Where's at Allo? Allo, yeah. What? Yeah. Holy shit. Shout out to Robbie for listening. Um, I've known him forever since like the 90s. Cool. But I've never been. Yeah, he said he was like texting me that during that whole time and he's like, this is what's going on. It's fucking insane. Imagine if that was happening in Vancouver. If the Grizzlies were still here and that was happening in Vancouver. Yeah. Insane. Oh, if the Grizzlies were here. Well, it'd be I'd like have, riots. Like, I'd have season tickets. But like 10 times. Yeah. Grizzlies were great. Did you go? Oh, yeah. Oh. I yeah. went one game. One game. I only saw one game. They played the Lakers. I saw, well, I've told you this before, but I saw when Jordan came out of retirement in 96 and he was wearing a 45. Yeah. And the Bulls had those pinstripe black jerseys. I saw that lot, that game live, yeah. Here? Yeah, here. Oh my God, that's amazing. He dropped, yeah, he dropped like 42, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and we see. had fucking, uh, fuck, who, who, we had Sharif Abdul-Rahim who couldn't even jump an inch off the ground, just like stinking it up for us. Hey, we had Big Country, buddy. Boy. 24 and 10. Yeah. I think this is post Big Country. No, no, Big Country. No, he was still there. still there. Yeah. They gave him that, I remember when they gave him that $50 million contract in 98, and Amazing. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> One of the worst athletes in NBA basketball history. There's just like zero mobility. Isn't that, have you seen the documentary about him? No, I've heard, no, yeah, I I heard about it, it too, but yeah. apparently it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. What he's doing with all his money out in uh, Oklahoma. Another thing I'm curious to ask you about and your thoughts, because you work in the restaurant and you're a restaurateur, how do you guys handle delivery? Do you guys Are you guys part of that? Like, do you guys do any delivery? We uh, do not yeah. anywhere uh, with the exception of Buffalo. Buffalo? Because it's pizza. Yeah, that makes And sense. we don't do it ourselves, obviously. But um, uh, takeout's uh, going really well. And um, and then we, we have, you know, there's a couple of the third-party guys that we deal with. Yeah. Have you, yeah. Do you guys, because I know that, that market is growing. A lot of people are really getting into it. People, a lot of people, like, love the idea of delivery model. And I know a yeah. lot of restaurants feel this kind of pull a little bit where you there's this growing market that should we jump in yeah i'm most curious like as restaurateurs is that something that you ever feel like you know we we thought about obviously like for example like wildebeest i would never do that no you know and and um when you consider something like that basically you just take your food and you take like you know your your five most popular dishes and you put them in a box for 20 minutes and then you eat them and then you're like is this good enough and it wasn't good enough at um, a couple of our spots. Oh, so you thought about it at one point? Oh, yeah. We more than thought about it. We actually, you know, like in practice, we tasted it, yeah. you know, and having a taco that's been sitting in a box for 20 minutes isn't yeah. as delicious nearly as it is when it comes out fresh hot from the past, you know, 20 seconds after it's come off the, off the grill or the flat top or whatever, you know, like, so no, you know, that tortilla is just not going to hold up. Yeah. Um, pizza, great. You know, we, we put care into finding the right pizza box and like it holds up and great. I feel good about that. You know, we all feel good about that. Um, but nothing else. I can get the Calabria delivered to me. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> DoorDash. Oh my God. <laughs> I've actually never used DoorDash. I should do this. Yeah. We might just do it for that. <laughs> and he, yeah, 20 minutes, I think is a, is a gracious time. It's true. Out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the minimum, that, right? right? Like yeah. it's going to take. And sometimes it, it's going to take 45 minutes while like, you know. Well, that's my thing is I've never done deliveries because I just don't believe in the model because I'm just like, I like quality and I'm just yeah. like, I know that I'm going to get something that I probably think or I'm, I've had before and I'm mm. going to get it. And it's going to be a shittier version of what yeah. I, my mind is already telling me. So I'm like, no, the only thing I would ever order delivery is pizza. But I'm, I know friends who are like obsessed with delivery. Yeah. Who like deliver, get delivered everything. They're like, I got my sushi delivered. I got my ramen delivered. I'm like, how did you get ramen delivered? So weird. Like they'll get shit like that delivered and all the time. it's not going to taste uh, like nearly no. as good. That's when you yeah. get in there. 
And that's the main consideration. You know, I have other factors that I would personally consider, right. but that's just me. And I, you know, we try not to impose our own values and ego too much on that shit. But like, I like to go out to restaurants. I want to see people and talk to people. And I like hospitality and appreciate great service and beverage programs don't get enjoyed by delivery and so on and so on. Mm. You know, the room design doesn't get enjoyed by great delivery. And, uh, and so whatever, that's just the way it goes. Your favorite new restaurant this year? Ugly Dumpling. Oh, tied with Como. Fuck. Como. I actually yeah. had a conversation with Sean Layton the other day. We were at Dachi. We were chatting. And I, yeah. first question I asked him, you brought this up earlier about like the energy and the enthusiasm of opening your first yeah. restaurant. I said, I know you and I know Frankie. Yeah. Frankie Harrington. Um, I was like, so when are you guys doing the second one? Yeah. And he's just like, he just kind of gave me this look. Like, oh, I know it's <laughs> so, Oh, man. Very, I love I'm those ex- guys so I'm very much. excited to see what they're going to do next. Yeah. Um, I thought of Ugly Dumpling first for two reasons. Firstly, because I was just there very recently, um, a few days ago. And also because I feel like Como's kind of in its second year now. And that's really showing, I think, actually, like the food that, you know, you eat there or that they post on their Instagram, which I, you know, get excited about, you know, is like, I think they, they've just done it really well. They started off getting people comfortable with the idea of tapas and now are just really starting to flex a little bit on a creative level and uh it's great so yeah definitely those two uh hopefully i'm not forgetting somebody that i really love but uh those two definitely are like top of the list and you me. talk about it all the time you love the beverage program over there right come on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah just they have super simple it fits the mo of their place yeah. super simple cocktails 50 50 bamboo they have some they have two i think one beer tap and it's always rotating or two yeah, and they're always at rotating. least yeah i think maybe sherry two on tap. and then sherry on tap uh vermouth on tap vermouth yeah. on tap you know great Estrella, wine list Estrella is what they do there so mm. for you guys with buffalo the new one are you guys do you guys feel this a pull to just be straight italian or do you guys when it comes to like your beverage program and stuff like this? no we never like have wines? been like no. you, you you know we've never had peroni you know at, at the current you know like yeah. I, I never really understood that when people God. come in and ask <laughs> like, i want to put i'm like why Why? It's bad beer that's been sitting on a freighter for the last three months. Like, why would you want to drink that when there's like incredible local beer that's cheaper, let alone fresher and more delicious? So, no, man. Like, um, but you know, at the same time, I'm a hypocrite because like it's a it's a it's an Italian only wine program there. But that makes sense to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, with there is some exceptions like obviously we have some BC wines at the existing location that are uh, well suited for the menu you know um, but it, it's going to be a lot broader at the the one that Christina's writing up at uh, at the new Buffalo so that would be like oh Christina's doing the program Christina Hardigan yeah Rad. she's like so she's, she's wine director at Wildebeest yeah. but she's going to be taking the list over at the she is already like writing the list at the uh, the new Buffalo which is great because you know she wants to do things like well. If there's a uh, delicious Nebbiolo from Australia or an amazing Trebbiano from BC, yeah. why, if they work stylistically, why would we not have those on the list? And it makes perfect sense. So. I, I, I did my diploma with her, my level four oh, with you? her. Yeah, and then she worked at Fairmont with me for a while. Yeah. She's yeah, yeah, she's, she's incredible. She's so awesome. Yeah, when I found out that you guys snagged her, I was like, oh, you little fuckers. That was a nice little coup for <laughs> us. Yeah, <laughs> is, amazing. Is Alex doing beverage program up there for you guys? Or have you guys got no, a bar manager? No, we've got a, a bar manager there. Um, Sonia Wilson, is. Uh, she worked at uh, Abigail's Party, which was one of my first restaurants for about seven years and she's oh, amazing there. Wow. she yeah sonia also well you guys are mammy's guys like sonia was working at the bar at mammy's for a year sonia. or two she's incredible sonia's great and uh she's a north fan girl so she is going to be um jumping in with us from the beginning and nice. she'll be the bar manager 
That's very exciting. Has she been with you recently? Nope. No, she, she wrapped up when we wrapped up uh, Abigail's, which would have been like, um, I can't even think right now when that was, probably four years ago. So she was there until 2015. Yeah. Watching her and Ron fight is like some of my favorite things. Oh my God. Wow, epic. Fucking her and Ron. It's like Coliseum type Oh my God. Shit. They would fight together so much. It was so funny. They're like an old married couple. It was so funny. Oh man, she was just like, fuck, I want to kill him today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's Ron Oliver right there. Yeah. So, so good. Oh man, I'm so excited to work with her again. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, so if you're going to go for late night drinks, where you like to go? The Diamond. Diamond. I know, that's a bit of a plug for Josh, but I, that's the reason why we became friends. You know, is because I spent a lot of time with the diamond. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, due respect to many others that I love, but for me, uh, my favorite is the diamond for sure. Also, Uncle Abe's is underrated. Uncle Abe's on Main Street. If you just want to go for a a couple times, and I've been to like like, the worst hipster service of all time. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what's there. That's what you're going to get there. But, you know, if you are in that neighborhood and you just, you know, you have that place that you like down in Marpole, I heard you talking about the other day, you know? The yard. What a shithole that place is. Right? But that's the whole thing. But, yeah, but, you know, (laughs) I pop into Uncle Abe's, you know, at midnight on a Tuesday and have a $7 Negroni if I happen to be out for some reason. Like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, if you're on your way to the Biltmore, if you're on your way to, um, any, any place it's a great yeah. place to stop in so is there one Vancouver restaurant right now that you're jealous that you don't own oh man there's lots <laughs> I'm jealous that I don't own including the ones that I've already mentioned but uh, um, yeah this is the one where you're like fuck I wish I did that or I, I wish I'd thought of that or yeah. something like that I really wish I had like a good ramen bar that had like an amazing beverage program okay you know like a, you know, there's really good ramen in this city but we yeah I just wish I we had one that we could just go and crush lots of ramen and chicken karage and Ugh. and drink really good beer with it that okay. wasn't you know just like oro asahi or something you yeah know? like so that'd be nice you uh also Val Bay and Kizitanto. i was gonna say yeah I, I, was, I, was gonna say, I wish i owned Valve and Kizitanto. Yeah. No, no, I would, I, it's, I would, like I've said before, I, it would be a basketball bar, but no one's done a basketball yeah. bar, so. Basketball bar would be pretty rad. I would just want to play old basketball and just be like, have like one of those old big box yeah. TVs from like the sixties. It would just be like, I'd put that in the lounge and it would just be like old basketball games. So I, t- I took my mom, shout out to mama for this. I can't believe you haven't been to Bells and Whistles, Mickey. Honestly. I know, I, I, you I, know I, that we did the bar to look like Boston Gardens, like the, the parquet, oh, really? floor. parquet floor? Yes. Oh my God, and there's two basketball, there. like you can shoot hoops on the side while you drink beer. Really? Yes. What? You ever tell me about this? Everything you like you my, is my li- manifested my in life, this one he's spot. My bloodline hospitality, and he hasn't even mentioned that to me. Epic fail. Probably doesn't want to go shoot with me because uh, I'm such a uh, way better shooter than you him percentage-wise. Actually... But so I was with, <laughs> shout out to mom if you're listening. It's like so close <laughs> to you too. Like you literally just like, going to Bells is not that far for you. I know. I know. We're, I'm going to, I'm going to go. I, right. I'm going to go hundred percent. We're going after this. We're going after this. Um, so I took my mom for lunch for her birthday a week and a half ago. Have you guys ever had uh, Japanese plum wine? Yes. Yeah, I love plum Ume. wine. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. So I must not have ordered Takata, the right bottle, the but I looked at. The we had a bottle of it and like my throat was so sore. Just ramen got me thinking about this, mm-hmm. even though it's totally different. Did you um, have that like with dessert though, right? No, Is we it- had it with the sushi, but I looked at the ingredients on the plum wine and it was like all of this fucking shit in it, like glucose or yeah. uh, fructose and yeah. uh, like all this crazy. I must have got the wrong one because I, I thought plum wine was like naturally that, occurred yeah. uh, plums that are like. Um, distilled, right? And then I imagine the good stuff is maybe that Damn, just happened I to be a bad up. bottle. 
Okay. Also, I think that's too sweet to be having with sushi. But Super I mean, sweet. Yeah. Too sweet. Yeah. I fucked up. But I wanted to do, I wanted, I wanted to get a nice bottle of plum wine. It was Dude. a special occasion. But anyways, I'll have to try plum wine again. Isatanto would be the restaurant I would, I'm very jealous of. That's what made me like, that. That one. And then I just look at Paul Grunberg and I'm like, you are an animal. <laughs> Fucking, I went to Pino's like a week ago. It was a Sunday night. 1030. They were still seating and they were fucking round. And yeah. I was like, wow, this place is just crazy. Like, and then you go to Savio and it's like, you can't even get in there anytime. Uh-huh. It's just yeah, like, I, had a, I had a nice dinner. Um, we yeah. had a little partner dinner at uh, Savio last week on Friday. It was delicious. Yeah. yeah. I look at those and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. The city, we're very lucky. We've got a lot of great restaurants. Yeah. In the city. You know, we talk a lot of, we sometimes focus on a lot of the negatives that Vancouver has. In, hospi- in hospitality and stuff yeah. that we notice, but it's really good to, when we have people well, like That's what you have Ron on. for. You, you know, when you get Ron on the yeah. show, you can, you can do that, but I'll talk but, about but the good reality, shit. But there's a lot of great things happening in the city and obviously yeah. you guys are part of that and it's, it's nice, it's refreshing and it's uh, uplifting and positive to always chat with people who are um, stoked on the scene in the city, so. And I already know he lied. I know his favorite is, is Lucky Taco. That's, that's, where, <laughs> that's where Abigail's was. That's, yeah. that's, where, that's where your heart lies. And it, I, had, yeah. I had some fun. That's, it's funny back then because I lived on Balaclava and 10th. And yeah. I was working at the New Bohemian. Yeah. So aside from Elwood's and um, Copper Tank, Abigail's was the place we would late night yeah. go to. I've had some good times there. So very funny. It's fun. It's still, you know, yeah. I, I live in Kits again now. So like, you know, when you, um, you know, you're on your way home and you want to eat something tasty and have a good drink at like uh-huh. one in the morning. We we tried going there the other night. Yeah. Lucky and it was packed. Couldn't get in. Yeah. From the top here, Buffalo Two Point Oh is going to be opening up in North Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Late October, you're thinking? Yeah, looks yeah. like it. Okay. So hopefully they stay on track for that. We're very excited. Um, do check them out if you've never been to Buffalo, Mickey. Mickey. Um, do yeah. check out Buffalo. Buffalo is fantastic. Some some of the best pizza you can get in the city. Check out Lucky Taco in Kitsilano. Check out Wildebeest in Gastown. Definitely check out Bells and Whistles, especially during football season now. You guys got to be pretty stoked about that right yeah, now. Yeah, nice to see that pop off again right yeah, now. So, do you have a team? Um, I kind of grew up as a 49ers fan. So, you know, but I haven't really been following the NFL very much. I, I'm a, a soccer guy nowadays. So, yeah. oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, 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 you coach soccer too. Huh? I do. What's your boys? Do you have a team? Uh, favorite soccer team? Uh, yes, they're not very good right now. They're called Manchester United. Oh, it's a sad time. yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's that time of year. Sports is starting to get back on. Basketball season's about to start. Yeah, it's the best time. month of the year is about yeah. to happen. October. Yeah, October is the best month of the year. Best month of the year. Yeah. Hockey starts. Basketball starts. Football's yeah. in the swing. Baseball playoffs. Champions League. Champions League. Champions League. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, hey, by the way, I want to say that your Rafael Nadal prediction came wow. true. I called, I called last that episode. final. Did you? Before the USS yeah. Open started. You call Medvedev? I call Medvedev Nadal. Call the final, final yeah. really? I called it. Because yeah. Medvedev had the strongest summer of any player, and then Nadal, uh, Federer wasn't playing very well, and I knew that Djokovic, was, his arm was killing yeah. the tournament before. Yeah. And I called it, and I called it before. Max called Nef, it. And I was you like, clairvoyant dog. It's in the, yeah, it's, it's in the, you should have put money on that. It's in the annals It looked like Medvedev now. had it in the third, and then, bam. This is why I'm smarter than you. Yeah, in some in some ways. Well, this is why I mentioned Nadal's <laughs> arms. So it really was his arms that got him that win. He's got very chiseled arms. He does have chiseled yeah. arms, and he likes to wear those sleeveless shirts that it's, show them off all, beautifully. Absolutely, man. wouldn't you yeah. if you had those arms? Those arms, those pipes. Come on, <laughs> seriously. Uh, definitely check out uh, Buffalo 2.0. Uh, we got James Irons out here today. Thank you so much. Um, thanks, thank you. Pleasure, boys. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank check you out his businesses. Happy to be here. And uh, yeah, as always, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Luminary, and Spotify. 
Please pass us along to your friends. Rate us. Um, check do out, check out our website. Check out midrangevancouver.com. Midrangevancouver.com. We, we're going to start pumping a lot of good work out there soon. Um, I've got some big columns coming up soon on Scout Magazine. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you another day. Have a good day. Bye.